This is the Best of the Adam Gold Show podcast, brought to you by Coach Pete at Capital Financial Advisory Group. Visit us at CapitalFinancialUSA.com. It is the Adam Gold Show. I'm him. That is Victoria. Still with us. Yep. Some sort of an air cast on her wrist. Still with Are you still uh, are you still throwing up weight? What are you, what's going on? Oh no, I'm not allowed to throw up any weights for no? at least seven to ten days, apparently. Whoa. So what are you uh, what are you doing in? Uh, in Trying not to eat everything. Ah, inside. <laughs> yes, 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 yes. Oh, th- those things are very difficult. It's a struggle. Oh well, there's uh, I don't know. There's always water aerobics. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I'm a big fan of swim. I used to swim competitively in oh, high did school. You? So I'm a big fan of that. Oh, my yeah. gosh. Candace, uh, Candace and I have that in common. Very Cooper. nice. Candace Cooper, our yeah. friend uh, from the Locked On ACC podcast. There's ACC uh, news uh, uh-huh. to, uh, yeah. This sort of, Well, it's not really good news. Mm. I mean, we haven't lost anybody. But, yeah. <laughs> Uh, ACC, the the analytics have finally caught up with the fact that the ACC is kind of not so good. And uh, we'll we'll talk about this in a few minutes. The uh, according to Ken Palm, the Atlantic Coast Conference is now the seventh best conference in college basketball. Okay, seventh best. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. Behind the powerful Mountain West. There we go. Exactly. Exactly. Mm-hmm. So is the ACC really worse than the Mountain West? No. Mm-hmm. But the ACC has an unusual number of really horrible teams. And that is a problem. We'll talk about that in a little bit. Uh, it's still Super Bowl week, right? It is. Guess what? What's that? Once again, the sport of basketball doesn't want us to talk about the Super Bowl. Wow. We are going to talk about the Super Bowl anyway. Uh, Mike Lennon's going to join us in about uh, 20 or so minutes, and uh, we'll talk about the two offenses we are going to see and um, Patrick Mahomes and Jalen Hurts and all that. Uh, But once again, like the NFL does this to everybody else. It does. So it's okay for it to happen to the NFL. I feel like these are siblings trying to get their parents' attention. Well, the, the truth is is that the NBA, in terms of interest, is... So far behind the NFL, like every other sport is, right? So, like during the uh, during March, you know, we uh, yeah. we we have we have no, there's no NFL, uh, nothing happening in the NFL in March no, or March Madness uh, is not about right? football, it, except that the NFL still dominates <laughs> because well, we have the combine, then we have the draft, and the draft season is like two months long. Uh, where we have all the speculation. So the NFL just constantly intrudes on other sports. Look, the NFL kicked college football off Thursday nights, basically. They did. Like Most of us, I'm not going to say grew up, but, but most of us recently can remember when Thursday night football used to be a big deal. Mm-hmm. You could argue that Virginia Tech's existence in football as a... Not a national, but a regional power entirely based on their willingness to play a lot of Thursday night games. And that became the Lane Stadium experience and all that. East Carolina's played a ton of Thursday night games, right? The NFL went, huh, Thursday night football. We We should do that. And now it's like we're playing a Thursday night game? Really? 
Again. Nobody's going to watch us. That's why I've been arguing that the Atlantic Coast Conference should be playing Friday night football every week until the NFL decides that, you know what, we should be playing Friday night football. So, but now the NFL is getting it turned on them by the NBA. Yesterday, we had LeBron James breaking records. He did. Right? We we also, had, locally, we had North Carolina, you know, uh, stinking up Ooh, yeah. uh, the Lawrence Joel Coliseum. But we had LeBron James breaking records. So, it's only... It's only Wednesday. I mean, the Super Bowl's not until Sunday, so we wait another day. Then today, Boom. NBA trade deadline, <laughs> and holy mackerel. So let's go. They're off. So much for the Brooklyn Nets as a super team. Yep. <laughs> so we had, uh, yesterday we had Kyrie trade. Mm-hmm. Today, or I'm sorry, two days ago, Kyrie was traded. Yesterday, Kevin Durant. Yep. Out the door. The Lakers also made a trade yesterday. And in the grand scheme of things, people are going to go like, the Lakers did what? Okay, whatever. And I'm not sure, even if it was the only trade, if we wouldn't have been there anyway. We're like, uh, they swapped one Russell for another. <laughs> yeah. Um, this, this Russell is a better shooter, the one they got. Uh, but I really don't think it tips the the scales in favor of LA being top six in that conference to be honest but I could be wrong anyway it really comes back to the fact that the Nets have completely dismantled their super team let's remember what happened summer of 2019 Kyrie Irving leaves where was Kyrie Irving again was he in Boston I don't even remember. I think it was Boston. Uh, Left Boston. Remember, he left the Cavaliers to go to Boston where eh, he wasn't a great player, wasn't available. He got hurt, blah, blah, blah. Uh, They did not play well. Leaves Boston as a free agent, goes to Brooklyn. Later that day or the next day, the Nets announced that they were doing a sign-and-trade with Golden State for Kevin Durant. And, oh, boy, we had Kevin Durant and Kyrie Irving teaming up. Mm-hmm. Going to bring Brooklyn all these championships. Okay. So, when at the time of the trade, at the time of all that, Kevin Durant still had another year where he was out with an injury. Right? He had the Achilles injury that he suffered against uh, when he was at Golden State for the last year. And he's going to miss an entire season. So, the Nets did this deal with Golden State knowing that Durant was not going to be around for the 1920 season. And Durant obviously had other injuries as well that have gotten in the way, as has Kyrie. As it turns out, uh, they really weren't good enough. Then last year, they go out in the beginning of the year and they get James Harden. Oh, my gosh, they got Durant. They got Harden. They got Kyrie. It's going to be great. It is going to be great. You know how many games those three guys played together? Would that be a goose egg? No, no, they played 16. Oh, wow. Sort of a goose egg. But no. No. Yeah. yeah they, they did not. They and None of those games were in the postseason. Nah. Tim Legler, ESPN uh, NBA analyst on this experiment. 
we're talking about something that's going to go down. I think it's not just maybe the, the greatest underachievement in the history of the NBA. This is one of the greatest underachievements in the history of team sports. Because when they put these three guys together, that should have been guaranteed titles. I think it was the greatest collection of offensive talent ever assembled at the top of one roster when all three guys were there. And the reason that I felt that way about the Nets last week which is, I think this was the best stretch Kyrie Irving had as a net. He looked bought in. He looked engaged. The Nets had run off at one point 18 out of 20 when Durant was still playing. So you're thinking, well, get him back, and they're going to be right there in the mix with those top three in the East. The one thing, though, that you, they overestimated was guys' willingness to buy in for the long haul and be committed to be in the foxhole together no matter what. And they, they made a huge overestimation there. Sometimes... The truth is really right in front of you. All the basketball stuff that Tim Legler said there was was 100% accurate. Irving was playing great. And when Durant was healthy, the Nets did look like they were trending towards the top of the Eastern Conference. No guarantees, by the way. We should know this by now. There are no guarantees in anything. No. The, the Miami Heat had LeBron James, Dwayne Wade, both not necessarily... In their primes, Wade was sort of at the ba- on. The, he was already on the backside of his career. LeBron James, absolutely in his prime, and Chris Bosh and other pieces around them, and only won two titles in four years. So there was nothing guaranteed at all to go to uh, to Brooklyn. But it obviously did not work out. What they really uh, underestimated was the motivation for Kyrie Irving. Adam Golden Studio with my man, Coach Pete Taruta, Capital Financial Advisory Group. Financial advice industry can be overwhelming for a lot of people. Is there a way to be sure you're getting the best service when you don't know? Yeah, Adam, it's not just if you gave the money to a planning team and they did good the first year. I mean, anyone can do good for one year, but it's a track record and it's a long-term accounts that are very important. We call that a financial fill-up strategy, Adam, and that gives you lifetime income you can never outlive. We'll put together for you, the listener, your very own total retirement plan if you call right now. Call and claim your comprehensive review with Coach Pete and the team, 888-843-0013, or text ADAM to 600-700. Adam Gold is a paid spokesman. Investment advisory services offered by Capital Financial Advisory Group, a North Carolina registered investment advisor. Everything was fine this year. Kyrie tried to get a contract. The Nets went, yeah, no, we're not feeling it. Mm-hmm. And then Kyrie's like, all right, I'm going to blow it up then. Yeah. I'm, trade me. And once that trade happened, they basically had to trade Durant. I mean, they could have kept Durant, but clearly the Nets weren't good enough to win. Durant understands at age 34 um, and frequently injured that this is his time to grab it. They nearly traded Durant in the offseason when it looked like they were going to trade Irving, and Durant wanted out. And it was, I think we said this yesterday or the day before, that the Suns were the place that he wanted to go. Yeah. It's not the same deal that they would have made in the summer, but, I mean, there's a lot. I mean, the uh, the Nets got back uh, Mikhail Bridges, an unbelievable Defender and three-point shooter. Former Tar Heel, Cam Johnson, comes back in the deal to Brooklyn. Jay Crowder, who, by mutual agreement, hasn't even played this year. I don't want to play for you. You don't want to, you don't want me to play for you, so why don't I just hang out at the house? Sure. That's what Jay Crowder's been doing. They also get four first-round picks, and they can flip first-round picks with Phoenix in 2028. So they got a lot. For Kevin Durant, who wants to win a title. 
And maybe he can win a title with Phoenix this year. I don't know. Devin Booker, Chris Paul, Kevin Durant, they have some other pieces around them. Maybe that's enough. I don't know. We will certainly find out. Though I do think that the West at the top is kind of, huh, not sure. Mm-hmm. It seems a little soft at the top. It's I think it's pretty tight. Top to bottom in the West, except for the Lakers, who aren't very good. Anyway, if I were Brooklyn, I would actually keep selling. Yeah. I would like Why all, not? The, all the good players I just brought in, who wants them? Who wants them? Let's let's keep selling. Here's Nick Friedell of ESPN. Uh, on the fact that the Nets did want to try and keep Durant. The Nets wanted desperately to keep Kevin Durant. They they love the guy. But when you trade for Ben Simmons and he does not live up to being the type of player that we saw for those years in Philadelphia, that is a huge problem. So if you're trying to make these moves in the last few days, try and improve your team now and try to get Durant to stay, I think it's also an acknowledgement it's, with Simmons, they're just there's not a lot of different wiggle room, and he never was the player that the Nets were hoping that he would be. Who could have seen that coming? Ben Simmons has always been more of a a dream than a reality. Always, I just sometimes it's pretty simple. If you don't want to shoot then your value is less. Yeah. I don't care how good you are in every other area. If you don't want to shoot, then what are you, there y- for? you have limitations. Yeah. It's basketball. Yeah, that's the point of the game. I mean, it'd be like signing a designated hitter who doesn't want to hit. <laughs> yeah. Like, yeah, you know what? I, I just I don't feel like hitting. I just like hot dogs. I want to hang out. I don't get it. So, anyway. Here's Kyrie Irving, because I'm sure he's not reveling in this at all. Kyrie, after his first game with Dallas, on his former team and teammate. Well, it's not the first time we'll be in a competition as brothers. Um, You know, I'm just praying for his happiness and praying for his well-being. Uh, We had a lot of conversations throughout the year of, um, you know, what our futures were going to look like. There was still a level of uncertainty. Uh, But we just cared about seeing each other be places that, uh, we can thrive, and whether that be together or whether that be apart, there's never been one moment where I felt like um, he's been angry at me for decisions I've made or I've been angry at him. Um, we've just tried to understand each other a lot better and um, grow as human beings, grow as brothers. Um, you know, his business changes so quickly. Um, he's getting a little bit older. I'm getting a little bit older. I just love the competition now that we can be in the same conference, and, and I welcome all that. You know, get to see him a little bit more, probably playing against Phoenix a lot more, and um, that's what I'm looking forward to. Everything else in, in between, uh, I just am glad that uh, he got out of there. <laughs> he escaped. Right. He is the uh, Snake Plissken of yeah. the NBA. For those people who ever, did you ever see the movie Escape from New York? No. A great, uh, great movie. Really is a great movie. All right, one, one final thing on this. This is quick. Uh, does this deal make Phoenix now the favorite in the West? Jay Williams from ESPN. I think this team kind of challenges those 2017, 2018, 2019 Golden State Warrior teams as it relates to talent. Devin Booker, yo, is one of the realest two guards in the league. CP3, you can say he's he gets older and he might get injured later in the season. That's the thing. But, like, 
but I like him orchestrating this team with DeAndre Ayton. They still have to find, I mean, they have Torrey Craig who played. He's stepping in, giving them great minutes right now. They're absolutely they loaded. Deep? I mean, they're good. I don't know if they're deep. I don't know if they're deep enough, and I'm not entirely sure they're great defensively now, but, I mean, Durant and Booker, <laughs> they can score. Yeah. They should be able to score, and we'll uh, we'll find out. All right. To the Super Bowl, and then we'll get to the ACC. I'm not even sure there's that much buzz right now. I know around the Super Bowl. What, like, what were the storylines going in? We had Andy Reid coaching against his former team, Mahomes's injury, right, uh, and Jalen Hurts' injury, yep, and Kelsey versus Kelsey. Yes. Other than that, what is there? All right, so. There is health to talk about. Albert Breer from Monday Morning Quarterback. Uh, he is the senior NFL analyst on Mahomes' ankle injury. I think he's going to be close to 100%. Like, maybe not 100%, but close to 100%. You, you got to figure. It's going to be 22 days out since he first got hurt. Um, this is a milder, and there's no such thing as a truly mild high ankle sprain because it's ligament damage, but, um, you know, generally on the, on, the, on the low end, this can be a four-week injury. He's going to be at over three weeks. Um, and I just think, you know, you look at his history, too, and, like, look at, like, the, um, you know, like, you just sort of, like, look back at, like, the way he came back from the injury during their Super Bowl year. I can't remember what specifically the injury was, but he's always been sort of this quick healer. And so, um, and he said himself, like, they're going to push him. on. on they're, they're going to push it with him on, on, on Friday and Saturday. Um, to just kind of test it and get it going. And you wouldn't be doing that if he wasn't close to 100%. So I think we're going to get close to, if not, the full Mahomes. Why are we acting as though we didn't see him play 10 days ago? Yeah, I know. <laughs> I feel like we just, he played, he didn't get the high ankle sprain after the AFC Championship game. No. He, he got it. He uh, uh, obtained it, if you will. During the divisional round of the playoffs. Mm -hmm. So he finished that game, then played the following Sunday. He's going to play and he's going to be like most of these guys are not 100 percent anyway. But yes, it's going to limit his mobility, probably his change of direction a little bit more than it would. But. He's going to play yeah. just like Jalen Hurts is going to play on the other side. Albert Breer on the Eagles mission. To me, like the key, if you're the Eagles, is to try to limit possessions. Like, I don't think the Eagles want this to be a, like a game where Pat Mahomes has 12 possessions. You know what I mean? Can you keep him the seven or eight possessions? Mm-hmm. And you do that by keeping your offense in the field. You do that by chipping your way down the field. Um, you do that like through the running game, which should be the, to, to, the Eagles should have a little bit of an edge there on the Chiefs' defense. So, like, I, I think that's what's so interesting about it. Like, I think there is that quality where it's like each team, each defense could have trouble stopping the other team's offense. What's going to be interesting to me is to see the way the Eagles play offense and whether or not it's built to sort of shorten the game and make sure that their defense has to get fewer stops on Mahomes. Um, and, you know, again, the way to do that is to go on long, drawn-out drives, bleed the play clock, all those sorts of things. So the key to the Eagles is running the football, which is the key to the Eagles every single week. Yeah. 
every single week. They are fifth in the NFL in rushing. They are first in the NFL in rushing touchdowns by a lot. They had 32 rushing touchdowns this year, almost to a game. Second place in the NFL was, I don't even know who it was, had 24. Hmm. The quarterback himself had 13, Jalen Hurts. So, and remember, he missed a game, right? Missed two games. Yeah. He missed two games. Maybe it might have been three. I don't know. So, I'm not at all. What the concern would be is if Hurts ultimately can't throw it enough to where Kansas City has to be aware, has to be afraid that if they put eight or even nine guys near the line of scrimmage, that they'll just throw over the top. Right. That that's to me. If if Hurts can't keep Kansas City's defense honest, that's when it becomes a problem for Philadelphia. Because I don't think there's any team in the league that is going to run against basically what amounts to a nine man front. Anyway, the there's just not there, there, right at this point. There's just not a ton no. of like. Well, we're we're talking about history here. We are talking about the two number one seeds. Yeah. I mean, that that's not that doesn't happen all the time. Uh, it is Andy Reid coaching against his former team. I would point out that it has only happened, I think, four other times wow. in NFL history. Uh, I'll throw it out there. Who did it the first time? Mm. Which coach coached against his former team the first time in Super Bowl history? Just throw That's it out there. Question. We can even put uh, put T-shirts on the line. Yeah. 919-860-5326. All right. Now to the ACC. Yes. Which uh, which Super Bowl, Super Bowl coach coached against his former team first? Yes. All right. Uh, 919-860-5326. We'll get that answer a little bit later on. Uh, anyway. Or you could just tweet it to me, uh, or Victoria, at a gold fan at V underscore, the underscore, Victoria underscore. Did I get that? I I think I forgot it, too, in (laughs) there. I don't even know. I don't even. People have your Twitter already. Uh, All right, so the ACC doesn't really have any great teams in it this year, right? We're that that league this year. So Ken Palm, somebody uh, did a... Uh, a look of conferences, and Ken Palm has the Mountain West Conference ahead of the ACC. And, and because the Mountain West Conference is ahead of the ACC, then the Mountain West Conference is better than the ACC. Well, that is not real. That is not true. But... Because there are a lot of factors for it. I guess there are a lot of ways where you can decide which teams are good and which teams are not. The ACC has five awful teams. Awful. Like so bad you can't believe it. Boston College, who won last night at Virginia Tech. How did that happen, Hokies? You guys were you guys were actually starting to become something again. And then you go and do that. BC is bad. Georgia Tech is bad. Florida State is bad. Notre Dame is bad. Louisville is bad. Bad, 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 bad. Bottom half or worse of all of college basketball. It used to be that the ACC's worst team would be like number 115. 
Well, that's basically where Syracuse is. And they're in the middle of the league. It's really, really, really bad. The rest of the league, though, is actually pretty good. It's not great. Virginia, metrically, using the metrics, is the best. I mean, I personally like Miami, but I understand why why it's Virginia. Why the why the, all the numbers point to Virginia. But my gosh, so many bad teams drag the whole league down. And what it does is it makes everybody's schedule look worse. And even the good teams don't look all that great. Like Clemson, who's been leading the league since the beginning is like in the around 70 in the net. That is ah! so bad. So bad. Anyway. All right. Mike Glennon's going to join us on the other side. Uh, let me go. Dylan. Dylan and Raleigh, you, you, you're going for T-shirts. Dylan, how are you? Uh, I'm not doing too bad. Happy to be here. All right. All right, who, who is the first coach to coach against his former team in a Super Bowl? First coach, correct me if I'm wrong, Super Bowl three, Weeb Ebank. Coached against the Baltimore Colts. Yep, that was the game. There you go. Well done. Let's get... Uh, Let's get a T-shirt out of Petty Cash for uh, for Dylan. You give him two t- two T-shirts. You want different two different sizes, uh, or you want uh, you you like you want to bust out a one and have a backup. Um, let's do a large and an XL. Oh, a large. Oh, I see. So you you're working out. I I understand. Yeah, this yep. is like pre Super Bowl <laughs> and then post Super Bowl snacks. <laughs> yep, oh, snacks. Go. And let's see. I was I was going more positively. Is that <laughs> oh, okay. he's uh, he's bulking up. And uh, although no, I think he could do the same. It's not season. It's lean season. No. <laughs> oh, we're, we're trying to lean down? Yeah, well, that happens. Uh, all right, congratulations, Dylan. You win. Thank Th- guys. Thank you very much. Dylan wins. Weave Eubank, yes, he coached the uh, the Colts for almost a decade. Wow. Before, uh, before becoming the Jets head coach and then winning that Super Bowl, which maybe is the most important game in NFL history. Seriously. Yeah. Might be the most important game in the history. Not NFL history. I guess it was NFL, sort of. Uh, but the most important pro football game ever. Because that one was the one that got the NFL, the old NFL, to realize, huh, maybe this other league has something. Yeah. And what we see today is what we see today. Are you ready to buy or sell your home? The Jim Allen Group is a nationally recognized and award-winning real estate team in the Triangle, dedicated to providing exceptional service to meet your needs. With the latest insights and expert market knowledge, they'll make your home buying and selling journey as smooth as possible. Don't wait. Head over to JimAllen.com and start your next move today. That's JimAllen.com. The Jim Allen Group, your partner in real estate. 